Welcome back, everybody. It's the lawyer you know, and it's day three of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So we're going to go through a couple witnesses that testified today. We'll talk a little bit about the videos shown. But at the end of this video, I'm going to go through a pretty shocking revelation that the judge made during some oral arguments between the lawyers about a ruling that the judge made and about whether or not some evidence is going to come in. And I couldn't believe what the judge said. So stay tuned for that. And make sure you subscribe to our page if you're interested in cases like this and breakdowns like this. And if you like the Kyle Rittenhouse case specifically, make sure you hit the like button on this video so we can continue to give you these updates as much as possible throughout the trial. It's supposed to last two or three weeks. So far, we've done daily updates. We're going to do as many of those as we can. We're going to try to do one live a week, and hopefully that's going to be tomorrow on Thursday after day four of trial. So make sure you tune in for that live. If you subscribe, make sure you hit the reminders bell so that you can get alerted when that live is so you can come and join the conversation, ask questions, get your questions answered, and let me know what you would do if you were on this jury for this Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So on today, we talked to Corey Washington, and we heard his testimony about how he was live streaming. He videotaped a lot of this, kind of what he thought and saw from the atmosphere and what it was from his viewpoint. He was just going place to place, and he skated away on his skateboard once the shots started to get fired for his own safety. What One of the interesting parts of Mr. Washington's testimony is what he said about Kyle. He said, he just looked kind of young to me, and he had these gloves on and he was smoking cigarettes and stuff. He kind of seemed like an interesting figure. So I just took a mental note of that. It wasn't anything, I wouldn't say malicious, just a young person in a situation. And during cross, because a lot of this was about what was going on, what was the atmosphere, how dangerous was it, how violent was it, right? And the jury was reported to have been taking vigorous notes. Obviously, we can't see them in the live stream, but people that are reporting from inside the courtroom said anytime they talked about the surroundings, whether there was violence, whether there was anything like that, the jury was taking vigorous notes, especially during cross of Mr. Washington when the defense played a video of dozens of cars on fire. Prosecution's um, videos were about all the other things that were going on when we saw Kyle, when we saw some of the alleged victims, just kind of setting the scene. But there was a lot of video played in today's portion of the trial and the jurors notes seemed to focus on the violence, the arson, the things that were going on in the videos, in the surrounding areas, kind of setting the scene for was this a justified shooting? And that can mean a couple things, right? Jurors taking notes is good because they're paying attention. But sometimes people have problems with that because they can worry about runaway juries or plants on juries, which we talked about in some other cases and people had their feelings about that. If they're taking vigorous notes and they wanted to get on this jury because we talked about all the opportunities jurors had to get off, and if they didn't take it, just there's a little piece of you that thinks maybe they wanted to get on this jury for a reason. And we never want that as lawyers. We don't want jury plants. We don't want runaway juries. We don't want anything like that. So we want to make sure this is a fair and unbiased jury. Hopefully it is, but this is the first indicator that they are very interested in certain topics and they are vigorously taking notes and paying attention to certain things in the trial. So let's keep note of that kind of as we go throughout the trial, depending on what the verdict is, we may have some thoughts about that um, after the case. So we also heard from Detective Martin Howard, who is uh, with the Kenosha Police Department. He went through a ton of the video and something that was interesting about this case is the judge let the lawyers, especially the prosecutor, almost testify, saying things like, the person here that you see here is Grosskreutz. The person you see here is Kyle Rittenhouse. That's undisputed. So there's not a witness testifying to that. The lawyer is saying that. 
And that's not technically evidence. So I don't know how that's going to be handled or how that might come into play later, but that is not technically evidence. It is stipulated to, and it is in the video. So theoretically, the jury can take it as evidence, but not normally how we do things. Usually a witness will testify, that's Grosskreutz, that's Kyle, whatever it may be. The, the witness usually is the one that has to testify to that to make it evidence, not the lawyers, because we like to say in opening and closing, nothing we say is evidence. Pay attention to the testimony and the documents and the physical evidence you're given, because that's what you're deciding this case on, not what we, the lawyers, say. So basically, this Detective Howard talks about how he was surveillance that night. Um, he shut off some pumps to make sure there was no arsons. He wanted to make sure everything was copacetic, basically, and he was there if any problems arise. He is also the... Um, detective that interviewed Kyle Rittenhouse when Kyle Rittenhouse turned himself in. And he said that visibly Kyle Rittenhouse had a few cuts, scrapes, and small bumps on his head. And that was kind of the only um, evidence of physical violence that was shown against Kyle Rittenhouse when he showed up to turn himself in. So that's going to be something that the jury has to consider. He didn't have any black eyes. He didn't have any broken bones, nothing like that. Because if he did, that would be more evidence towards these shootings being justified. And the more damage done to him physically, the more he would have reasonably felt and fear for his life and safety. doesn't mean he didn't. And it doesn't mean that they've proven that it's not a justified killing. These are all just little pieces of evidence that are going to be important for the jury to consider. And for this one, it seems like it weighs a little heavier in the side of the prosecution because no serious injuries were caused to Kyle Rittenhouse, at least not on the outside physically that we can see or that this officer testified to. Now, a ton of his testimony um, was centered around these videos, like I said. A lot of it was gory and graphic, and we saw the shot to the arm and the shot to the head and chest of some of these victims. And, you know, that was jarring, I'm sure, for the jury to watch. That's really important to the prosecutor's case, thinking, unfortunately, in today's society, we've seen movies, we've played video games, we've seen pictures, things on YouTube where we see this type of violence and it just kind of rolls off our back because hopefully in our subconscious we realize it's not real in a video game or a movie. But this, seeing this real gory violence take place makes it real for the jurors. This is loss of life. This is injury to person, not property. That's what the prosecutors are focusing on. This is the part of their case that this is a last resort that should never happen or only in the smallest of situations should something like this happen where you take deadly force to defend yourself and they're trying to prove Kyle Rittenhouse was not in that position and he used excessive force in response to you know, a punch or a rock getting thrown at you or a gas bomb or whatever it may be. That's what they're trying to prove. And I think some of these videos did well for them. Now, on cross, the defense is going to use a lot of these videos too to slow them down and show exactly what Kyle was going through, that he was getting kicked, that he was getting hit with things, that things were being thrown at him and that somebody had a gun. So I think, and people were trying to take his gun. So I think it's going to kind of ping pong back and forth how each of these lawyers that seem skilled throughout the process, both sides seem like skilled lawyers, they're ping ponging back and forth how they're going to use each video, each picture, and each piece of evidence because that's what's interesting, right? Both sides are using the same evidence, which is not always how it happens in these cases, but both sides are looking at the same video and they're explaining things very differently. The jury is going to have to determine which way do they view this video? What do they think this video proves? And that's what they're going to make their determination on when it comes down to it. Now, I've seen some comments that they think it's going to be a hung jury. Well, if you look at America's makeup and how divided we seem to be 50% on each side, you would think there's going to be people that are going to dig in and stand on whatever they, their belief is. And hopefully politics doesn't come into this case, but a lot of people think it's going to, and they may just stand there and stand their ground. And then, you know, for lack of a better term, 
no pun intended, stand their ground and just not give in. And we could have a hung jury in a case like this, but we'll see. While Detective Howard is on the stand, there was also the video where the officer said, we appreciate you guys, we really do. Um, that was a point of contention with the prosecution. They didn't want to make it seem like this was condoned by law enforcement or that law enforcement thought it was okay that Kyle acted like this. In fact, nobody from law enforcement shot and killed anybody that night. So that's what they're trying to make that their angle, but they were having to put in this video and this verbiage that was said to Kyle. So they're getting out ahead of it. They're playing it in their case in chief. Basically, these videos were sh showing the shootings from all different angles, all different Facebook streams and live. It's a new day and age. This trial is 2021 on display. Everything is being recorded. Everything is being live streamed and law enforcement and the state attorney's office is going to have access to that. And we're going to see a lot more of that, I think, in today's day and age, hopefully not on this level. But I think we're going to see these types of Facebook live streams be commonplace in jury trials in America. The shocking revelation by the judge. Okay, I, you guys, I, I hope you realize how shocking and unusual this is. So while they're making arguments about whether or not the word militia can be played in the video, whether or not the narrator who, or the videographer who's actually videoing, whether his statements can come in versus Kyle Rittenhouse's statements. Obviously, Kyle Rittenhouse's statements can come in. And some of the videos of Kyle Rittenhouse that came in, I mean, I got to be honest, you have one video of people screaming and burning stuff and throwing stuff. And then you have one video of Kyle Rittenhouse who looks like a little kid saying, I'm here to provide medical attention. If they need help, I'm coming in. We're trying to deescalate the situation. Um, where he's talking with one of the alleged victims that was actually a reporter doing this, he looks cool, calm, and collected at that point. So I think, you know, he looked good there. Now, once the shooting start, things change, obviously, and the jury's going to have to determine that. But just in that video, he does not look like a bad guy. He doesn't look like a vigilante who's coming there to burn the place down or shoot the place up. He really doesn't seem like that in that video to me, but let me know what you think. Try to leave your bias aside, right? I have my thoughts about this case and what I think or thought happened before seeing some of the evidence. But when you're just watching that video, if you did see it, where he's just standing there kind of by himself like this, he just looks like a little kid and he says, I'm just here trying to, you know, help provide medical attention, whatever it may be. Doesn't look like a bad guy, you know, to the jury, at least to me. But again, that's why I like to get your point of view. Um, you guys could all be potential jurors on this case. So let me know what you think of those videos. I'm not talking about the shooting because they're going to have to reconcile that. But I'm just talking about the video of just Kyle in that interview. Okay. Shocking revelation here. While they're making the arguments about what can be shown in the videos and what evidence can be discussed about Rosenbaum's background and whether or not he was acting violent that night and his uh, character trait, it was evidence of a pertinent, pertinent trait of a potential victim. They argued about it. The judge was kind of angry toward the prosecutor saying, you know, there are two parts to this rule. One is what the defendant knew. Obviously, the defendant didn't know um, about Rosenbaum's past when this happened. He didn't know what was happening in other parts of the county or where that was that night. If Rosenbaum was doing stuff in other areas, the defendant would not have known that when he made his action. So that might not be able to come in. But some circumstantial evidence of the violence of Rosenbaum is going to be able to come in. Some of his background is going to be able to come in because it is pertinent to a trait of the potential victim or the decedent in this case. And he said, so here's the shocking revelation. The judge said, that some legal pundits or some lawyer on CNN called the judge's ruling incomprehensible that he would let any of this background information come in on Rosenbaum. And the judge said, basically, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know our law. Let me read our law to you. So what's shocking about that? The judge is watching the news and the commentators about an active case and trial going on in his courtroom. Is he letting 
what the media and what the commentators are saying affect his judgment and his ruling in this case? I hope not. I, I, I'm not saying that's happened. That is so unusual. We've had high-profile cases where it's in the news and people are talking about it. The judge says, don't watch that, don't listen to it. And the judge usually doesn't either. The judge has the law. They have um, the arguments of the lawyers and they make their decisions based on that. Not what I am saying on a YouTube channel or somebody is saying on CNN or whatever it may be. If that's getting into the judge's head or the judge is watching that and getting angry, it seemed, about how these commentators were calling his ruling incomprehensible and he basically took pot shots at the lawyers that were commentating on that, that is shocking to me. And when I say shocking, I mean shocking, not fake YouTube title shocking. I mean, that is actually shocking that the judge is watching all the media attention and commentators on his case. So we'll keep an eye on that and see if it comes into play anymore. The prosecutor said, judge, I'm not watching any of that. That's not coming into play. That's not affecting me, which was a good move by the prosecutor to say all that. And he kind of moved on, but the judge was clear that he was watching that. He didn't say it affected his ruling or anything like that, but it did seem like he was making some extra comments or he was being extra, I should say, and reading the word or uh, reading the law into the record of this case to disprove what commentators were saying on the outside. Not even what the prosecutor was arguing, but what these commentators said, he responded to it on the record in this trial. Very interesting to me. And the last comment is, seems like the judge is allowing speaking objections and he's explaining to the jury why certain things are coming in and not kind of pulling back the curtain um, and allowing the jury to understand part of the process why certain things aren't admissible, which is also very unusual, but I think can be helpful in a case. If a judge does a good job of explaining to the jury, the reason you're not going to hear the narrator's voice on this is because it's hearsay, it's not admissible evidence. I kind of like that. And I like for the jury to not think in their mind, well, was it something bad in there? Why didn't we, why weren't we able to hear that? I wonder what, what there was good or bad for this lawyer, or that lawyer, or this party or that party. So I like that the judge explains sometimes why these things aren't coming in or why he's ruling certain ways. So those are my thoughts on day three. As always, leave in the comments if you have any questions. And if not, we'll see you in the live, hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully you can join us. Hit that bell. Well, actually, when you're watching this video, it'll be today, Thursday. So hit that bell so you get the reminder. And hopefully this afternoon, we can chat on the live and I can answer some of your questions. But for now, that's all we've got. Thanks for watching this episode of The Lawyer You Know. If you like this content, please share it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe to our page and like our videos. If you want some interaction, get in the comments and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you want to know any more information about our firm or this page, you can find out in the description or visit tragoslaw.com. We post multiple times throughout the week, so make sure you hit that bell so you can get the notification and not miss out on the next episode.